Welcome to Rex Factor! This week, the Rex Factor Playoff Draw! With your hosts, Graham Duke and Ali Hood. Hello! Hello! And welcome to the Scottish Rex Factor Playoff Draw. Uh, we've done the Scots. We've done all of the Scots, from Kenneth McAlpin to James VI. We had 13 Rex Factor winners, and as with our first series with the English Monarchs, we're now going to decide which of those 13 is going to be crowned the Scottish Rex Factor champion. Well... Tricky thing is, first they've got to play each other, and we've got 13 of them. We do indeed. So a quick run-through of all the monarchs. Ali, if you just want to give us a quick little pressy of each of the 13 Rack Factor winners. Um, I, I, do you want a tea? We have Kenneth McAlvin. Yes, yes. He won it, did he? First one. He was first the first one, one the we did. The starter of the Royal Dynasty. Uh, conquered the Picts by dressing up as a fishy angel. Oh, yeah. Of course, the fishy angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We him. have Constantine II, who's perhaps the first real king of Scots. He defeated the Vikings, kicked them out of the country, and then led a coalition of Vikings, Scots, and Britons against Athelstan of England. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, I was very taken with him. He was I thought pretty he was good. good. Yeah. Then we had Kenneth II, who um, was the first Scot to try and get rid of that awkward alternating succession business. Uh, I gave him a lot of points for that. But then- I think that's mostly admin. It was pretty admin Yeah. He did kill some people as well. Good. Then we had Malcolm II, who was our serial killer. Uh, yes. Had to ensure his grandson yeah. succeeded, so he just tried to kill everybody else yeah. in the entire world. He he did really well at that, though, didn't he? He did kill a lot of people. Yeah. That was his thing. Then we had Malcolm III, who took us from Macbeth, mm. all back way then, to 1066 and all that, married a Saxon princess, overhauled uh, lots of court reforms and stuff like that, lots of invasions of uh, northern England under the Normans. Then we had David I, who was one of Malcolm III's many sons. He oversaw the Davidean Revolution, lots and lots of reforms in church and state, and during the anarchy in England, he oversaw a huge expansion of Scottish territory down into Lancashire and Yorkshire. Yes, okay, and I remember this because then obviously his... He, he he, or then his son, or presumably nephew, had to face Henry II. Grandson, oh. yes. Yeah. yeah grandson. Mm. Then we had Alexander II, who was the first Scottish monarch to actually rule the entirety of the mainland. Killed off lots of the sort of rebel people in places like Caithness, in Murray. He got rid of a rebel family by bashing out the uh, brains of a young girl. Oh, God. Bit grim. Gross. Yeah, I mean, clearly he deserves the Rex Factor, <laughs> right? What was his name? Alexander II. Okay. Alexander III, who was his son, oversaw a golden age. He took back the Western Isles from Norway, and then there's a long period of peace uh, and stability in Scotland. Died on a booty call. Died on a booty call. Yes! Okay. Then, after Edward I took over the country and all looked grim, we have Robert the Bruce. Mm. Our top point scorer defeated Edward II and the English at the Battle of Bannockburn and with the Declaration of Arbroath and Treaty of Edinburgh and Northampton reasserted Scottish independence. Yeah. I will say something for Robert the Bruce. He absolutely had the best card. He had a great card. Yeah. I mean, uh, there was someone called Bare Legs, wasn't there? Uh, well, no, there was Donald who didn't have any trousers. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, there was a Magnus Bare Legs, but he was Norwegian. Okay. 
All right. Well, I mean, we can run that separately, who had the best card, but I'm putting my hat firmly into the <laughs> ring for Robert the Bruce. Then there was James the second, the uh, second, obviously, of the uh, <laughs> long run of James's. Um, he was young, full of energy, murdered the most powerful yes. of his own nobles, and yeah. then defeated the family in a civil war before managing to reunite everybody and blowing himself up with a cannon. Yeah, yeah, that was very good. That was very good. James the fourth, who oversaw this Renaissance court, a huge navy that Scotland uh, was mm. to enjoy for the first time, lots of science, lots of scandal and experiments he was a lovely man as well wasn't he very nice chap yeah. but sadly went down with pretty much the entire generation of nobles at the battle of flodden oh yeah yeah that was we gave him the rex factor though didn't we well it was very heroic yeah it was it was that perhaps the most famous name on the list mary queen of scots oh that do you reckon more famous than robert the bruce up there uh, well, they're probably yeah. up there with each other. Mm. Um, she, of course, uh, was one time Queen Consort of France, came back to Scotland, very glamorous, lots of charm and personality, but she was, unfortunately for her, a Catholic queen of a Protestant country. So her head was removed from her body. But by the English rather than oh, the Scots. Yes. Yeah, okay. the Scots okay. kicked her out. Yep. And finally, her son, James VI, who, of course, later became James I of England and thus the first Scottish king to succeed in becoming King of England. It, I mean, he was great. Mm. He was great and won it this time round. He did indeed. And didn't win it the first time round. He did not. Okay, so let's see how he gets on. Can we? Do I just pick the winner? You do not just pick the winner. Oh, and indeed, okay. as you alluded to earlier, we do have a bit of a problem that there mm. are 13 monarchs and it's difficult to divide 13 into a nice even number. Yeah. Yeah. So we... I've got an idea. Oh. Mary, Queen of Scots, she got it, didn't she? Well, she is on this <laughs> list, as <laughs> I just said. So... She is minus few a body part. She is. I mean, in many ways, she's not the only one. That's fine then, because some of them aren't full people. <laughs> so they could be the point. Just threes. put them all together. Yeah, we'll just have there's one. a separate group. Everybody wins. How many of these people have died with fewer body parts than they were born with? Uh, Mary Queen of Scots. Mary Queen of Scots. James the Second. What happened to him? Blown up by his own. <laughs> oh, yeah, many pieces. <laughs> okay. I mean, to be fair, when they die, they like to sort of chop themselves up and they Do send they? bits off to different places. So the heart goes off to one place, the Ooh. body oh, to another. Right. Maybe a more reliable system. Mm. We decided that as twelve would be such an ideal number, we would give the top seed a buy straight through into the final. It is a good idea. And then we'll have three groups, each with four monarchs. Mm -hmm. So right. the winner of each group will go through to the grand final to join the top seed, and thus we'll have four monarchs in the final. So we'll have three lots of four, and then another lot of four. It's perfect. Do we have Nick to thank for this? We do not have Nick to thank for this, the man that came up with the Humphrey threesome for the English series, but yeah. he did suggest this uh, uh, after we thought of it. Mm. We... After I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, who is the top seed? Well, I can reveal that the top seeded monarch is none other than Robert the Bruce. Look at that card. Best card, according to Ali. Yeah. yeah. So, Robert the Bruce is already through to the grand final, but who Yay. is going to join him? Okay. So, what we're going to do, like with the English series, is that we're going to make the draw using the Heritage Limited playing cards, and we've got them in four groups here, because we've got uh, different seeding levels depending on what their overall scores were when we did the Rex Factor. Mm -hmm. So, in theory, that means that the top seeds are the best monarchs down to the weakest ones, but... As we recall from the English series, that doesn't necessarily always mean that the top-seeded monarchs will go through. So, have I got this right? Where this row, or or that row, that are the best ones. So these are the top seeds. Oh, right. Second seeds, third seeds, 
fourth seed. So I have to choose one from each. Is that just one from each? So it doesn't really matter which one you go from first. Okay. So how it will work is Ali and I will draw. Uh, the cards now that will tell us who is in group a group b and group c and then we will have uh, another podcast episode for each of those groups where we compare all of the monarchs against each other consider who is best at battliness scandal subjectivity and which of them we really think might deserve the overall rex factor yes and then a grand final yes so what will happen is for each of the groups we will have a vote so we'll do an electoral college system i will be one electoral college Mm mm-hmm Ali will be a second electoral college. I've never had such power. And then you, the rest of the world, will be the third electoral college. Brilliant. So there'll be a survey that will go out to all of you. Ali and I will rank them from one to four. You will pick your favourite one. We'll combine the electoral colleges, and then the overall winner from each group goes into the final. Brilliant. Okay. Smooth. Smooth indeed. So we have our top seeds mm-hmm. who are in this lot. Malcolm the third. Yeah. James the fourth, and Alexander the second. I, okay, right. I thought we'd have Mary up there. Second seat, so we've got James the Second, James the Sixth, and David the First. Okay, still no Mary in there. <laughs> Third seat, we've got <laughs> Kenneth the Second, Alexander the Third, and Kenneth McAlpin. <laughs> and then our bottom seeds, Constantine the Second, Malcolm the Second, and by far the lowest scoring Rex Factor winner, Mary Queen of Scots. Really? Really, yes. Oh, man alive. Okay, but as we've said, just because she's got the lowest score, or indeed any of those in the uh, bottom section, doesn't mean that they're not going to get through. It's all about who you think has got yeah. that certain something. It's not all about the scores. Mm. Who's got it? Who's your favourite? Who's the best? Okay, uh, now we can give a solid Rex Factor promise that all of these cards have been well shuffled, uh, and have I certainly have no idea who is <laughs> under there. Possibly I mean, even when you see who's on the card. Yeah. I mean, I don't know which king is under which card. You get my point. So, Ali, why don't you start us off? Uh, group A. Big ones? So these are the big ones and the little ones, but okay. you can go in whatever order you like, as long as there's one. one from each. Okay, so he's going to go for... Oh, straight for the middle. Um, okay, <laughs> so we have Malcolm the Third. Malcolm the Third. so he... Once we've taken Robert the Bruce out, he is the top seed of all of these 12. Okay, was he the mass murderer? Uh, no, he's the one that married the Saxon princess, St. Margaret. Oh, death by boat. Uh, no, that was Margaret the Maid of Norway. <laughs> right. And another one for Group A. Who's he going to be facing? Uh, from this seat. From, from this, this line, line, yeah. Okay. Uh, straight down the pipe again. Look at that. <laughs> that is James the Second. James II, so he murdered, personally, one of his own nobles oh, yeah, before yeah, yeah. going to war with him. Okay. Blown so up by his own cannon. There. Lovely. Uh, and then, going a bit rogue here. Oh, it's um, Ming the Merciless, this guy. Indeed, Al- yes. Alexander Third. So he's the one that took the Western Isles back from Norway and then had this lovely long period of peace in Scotland, a, a golden age. Before our man Edward. Before Edward the yeah, First ruined everything. And okay. finally, the last one for Group A. Final seed. I'm working across the board and... <laughs> Constantine the Second, The first, perhaps arguably real King of Scots, defeats the Vikings. The first time we actually have Scotland in the records takes on Athelstan of England. That's, that is a strong group. Mm. That is a very strong group. And he was in the weakest. And he was in the weakest. Right. Indeed. Okay. So I will now draw Group B. Let's see who we're going to have. da 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 da, da. James the Fourth. Ah, nice chap. Nice chap. The Renaissance court uh, okay. went down fighting at Flodden. Yes. Second seed. 
David the First. Ooh, this is a tough one, isn't it? Group B. So he's a guy that has the Davidian Revolution, lots and lots of territory when England has its anarchy. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Third seed. <laughs> Tricky. Uh, Kenneth the Second. Kenneth the Second. So this is the chap that tried to make sure that uh, they'd have father to son succession rather than uh, brother to brother. Good admin, jolly chap, laughing there. And finally, in Group B, Malcolm the <laughs> Second, the serial killer. The serial killer. Okay. So we've got in Group B James the Fourth, David the First, Kenneth the Second, and Malcolm the Second. I've already got a flavour going on here. We've got big hitter with Malcolm the Third versus. Another big hitter with Constantine II. Yeah. Good guy James the Fourth mm. versus bad guy Malcolm the <laughs> Second. Brilliant. So All working well. Ali. Well, maybe we could do this uh, together. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be uh, okay. <laughs> too much variation. Right. Group C. Pick the top seed. Top seed. Alexander the Second. Alexander the Second. Can you see that there? All okay. of mainland Scotland. There we go. Baby murderer. <laughs> second seed. What was that? James the fourth. Oh no, the sixth. Perfect. <laughs> James the sixth. Uh, James the first of England. Union of the crowns between England and Scotland. That's pretty high. Okay. Third seed. Third seed is Kenneth McAlpin. Show the. Uh, oh yeah, hey, our team. <laughs> the Kenneth very McAlpin. first in our line. Fishy angels. I just picked. Yeah. Okay, I've got this one's got a narrative as well. This one has a narrative because the last card is, of course, Mary Queen of Scots. Can't get that angle, can I? Mary, Queen of Scots. Oh, gosh. So we've got mother and son, Mary and and James. But not only that, you've got arguably the most famous Scot. Yeah. The starting of the the Scottish crown, the end of the independent Scottish crown. And who's this fella? Alexander II. What did he do? Uh, He was the one that bashed the baby. Right. Well, I can see which way that's going for him. But (laughs) these, these guys, that's tough. Very, very tough. So that is the Rex Factor playoff draw done. In Group A, we've got Malcolm III, James II, Alexander III, and Constantine II. Group B, we've got James IV, David I, Kenneth II, and Malcolm II. And that's a father-son, actually, Kenneth yeah. and, uh, and Malcolm. And finally, Group C, Alexander II, James VI, Kenneth McAlpin, and Mary Queen of Scots. I'm really looking forward to these two groups. Mm. Not so much. These two <laughs> groups, though, that's going to be amazing. And so the winner of each of these groups, when we put my votes, Ali's votes, and your votes all together, will go through to the grand final. Which one with the Bruce. I mean, that could be a grand final in itself, couldn't it, that one? Exactly. Well, hopefully when we do each playoff episode and you remember who all of these people are... <laughs> I find there's so much to take from it. I'll do some revision. Is there any podcast you can point me towards? No, I think we'll have to do our own. Okay. Special episodes. Good idea. So, that's the Rex Actor playoff draw. Mm -hmm. Would you like a few statistics? I love a statistic. To see whether or not we made the right decision when it came to the uh, Rex Factor choices. What do you mean? I've got some stats based on each of the factors for the average score for Rex Factor winners against non-Rex Factor winners. Right. So, battliness. Yeah. Non-Rex Factor winners, average score 4.21. Yeah. Rex Factor winners, 11.88. Okay, so that's that's one point to us. Scandal, non-Rexies, 5.68. Rexies, 10.65. Good. Subjectivity, non-Rexies, 4.66. Winners, 14.19. I thought that'd be the lowest, because no. I normally chose <laughs> to write down on that. <laughs> Uh, longevity, average uh, reign for the non-Rex Factor winners, 13.12 years. Yeah. 
Rex Factor winners, 30.91. It's very small, though, isn't it? Oh, 30 years isn't bad. No. What's the... As king or queen. Yeah, I suppose from king, yeah. Mm. From coronation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not from... Well, I suppose for Mary Queen of Scots, it was pretty much from yeah. birth, but for what some of them... Six days? Yeah, six days. Wow. And uh, Dynasty, average number of children for non-Rex Factor winners, 1.82. Mm. For Rex Factor winners, 2.77. Ah, oh, blimey. So this is actually an objective fact that we are correct. Exactly. So the overall average scores for non-Rex Factor winners are 25.55. For Rex Factor winners, it was 56.77. They're twice as good. Yeah. On, on average as well. Exactly. Amazing. Uh, now, the Scottish series, in comparison to the English series, was incredibly violent. Yeah. I mean, the English obviously had a lot of violence, but the Scottish monarchs were pretty much uh, <laughs> the, uh, what do you say, at the front, on the front lines of getting a head cut off. Yeah, there was, it was attritional being a king of Scotland, wasn't it? So, 17 of the ones that we reviewed died of natural causes. Out of? Um, well, so out of, four, let's see, is that out of 41 or 42? 31, 38. So including William Wallace, so all the ones we reviewed, mm. 17, the most common cause was natural, 40%. That means 60% of the monarchs died of non-natural causes. Wow. Uh, 14 were killed in battle, yeah. 33%. Seven were assassinated. Oh, I thought it'd be more than that. Wow. Well, I suppose some of them, you've got the battle against the rivals. So mm. it's, you know, yeah. Uh, that's 17%. Two were executed mm. and two died by accident. <laughs> I, think, I like the accidents. <laughs> but um, the thing, the difference I noticed is that the Scottish kings, it was dangerous to be a Scottish king because you couldn't sleep in your bed at night. Literally the case in uh, yeah. the Duff. Yeah, they'd, they'd burn you in your bed. Mm. Whereas the English, it was dangerous to be a king because of invasion and massive warfare. It wasn't a, a day-to-day fear that someone would just come along and yeah. throw a, 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 like a, a booby-trapped statue in your way. Exactly. So in terms of who was responsible for uh, regicide mm. in the Scottish series, 12 of them, 48%, was uh, a rival for the throne. Mm. Uh, four of them were death by English. Right. <laughs> Three were killed by Vikings. Mm. Two by rebels. Mm. One by brigands. Oh, yeah. And one by Britons. <laughs> right. Good. Good. So, so uh, the English, they're significant threat to life for a Scottish king. They are, but overall, you're probably most likely to be killed by another Scot. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. But if you're a Scottish monarch, you're going to be killed by somebody. And if you're an English king... You don't have any threat to life from the Scots, do you? There's not a single English king was king- killed no, by a Scottish. No, Edward II probably came the closest. Yeah, defeated but not killed. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so we thought it'd be quite fun. We did a blog uh, for the English series on the top ten deaths mm. of English monarchs. So we thought it'd be fun to do the same for the Scots. But this time, we're going to do it as part of our sort of playoff surveys. Okay. So this is going to be an exclusive Brucey bonus for our esteemed Privy Councillors. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we've picked out 10 deaths, 10 most notable deaths of mm. Scots. Yep. And and a survey will be sent out to Privy Councillors to decide which one of them was the most entertaining and the most notable of all. I, I'm not going to skew it, but it's between two for me. Mm. Two very notable deaths. Does one of them involve a statue? One of them, one of them might involve a statue. <laughs> the other one... Uh, might involve some tennis balls. Mm, we will see. Mm. 
So let us know what you think uh, about all of this, what you think about the playoff draw, who you think is going to be joining Robert the Bruce in the final, who you think is going to be winning overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, get in touch on Twitter at RexFactorPod, like us on Facebook, email RexFactorPodcast at Hotmail.com and go to RexFactor.wordpress.com wordpress.com for the blogs and polls yeah and we will be posting links to the surveys for the players when they come out on all of the above yeah if you'd like to support the podcast you can leave a review on itunes yes that's extremely helpful you can do uh, if you want to help us financially a one-off donation via paypal thank you or you can become a patron you can join the privy councillor by doing a monthly donation to the podcast and by doing so you get access to our privy chamber podcasts which we do after each of our normal episodes mm-hmm. there's a bit more information that didn't make the cut of the normal thing as mm-hmm. well as some other chat Ali's book reviews oh yes um, at five dollars a month you get free access to all of our special episodes mm-hmm. ten dollars a month you get a Rex Factor mug Ooh. and at fifteen dollars a month a uh, get commissioned the blog on the subject of your choice lucky devils now previously we have been doing a uh, special episode request our mm. top level but mm-hmm. we've decided because we've got so many of these mm. we're going to uh, have a bit of a cutoff point now yeah so everyone who's requested them you'll still be getting your special episode but mm-hmm. for the moment we're not going to be taking any more just because it will be taking us into the 2020s before yeah. we get to the bottom of it it's just a lot of work for graham it is quite a lot of work I mean, I, I'm I'm sweating here myself, but you know. <laughs> anyway, we've got some new privy councillors to welcome. Hey, Trish Huber, thank you. Catherine Arda or Ada, Oscar de Nasunu. <laughs> I'm sorry, Oscar de Nasunu. De Suno. I don't know why that's trouble. It's just vowels. <laughs> <laughs> S. Wiseman, mm-hmm. Hazelnut Ice Cream, <laughs> Devil Ducky. <laughs> J.C. Dozier, Kimberly Lamoureux, and Miss Library Girl. Ah, hello, Miss Library Girl. Welcome all. Welcome one and all, yes, quite. Now, you may have seen on Facebook, on Twitter, on our websites, but if not, um, we have recently appeared on another podcast. Which one? The Young'uns podcast. Ah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. We recorded this a while ago, but in uh, Pirate Castle in mm. Camden. Um, but The Young'uns are a BBC Two award-winning folk trio. Mm. Very, very good. I went to university with one of them, Sean Cooney. Um, they're really, really good, and they had this singing residential weekend. It was fantastic fun. And then they asked us if we wanted to come on their podcast, which they did uh, at the end of the weekend, yeah. to be their special guests. Really nice chaps, and funny, really funny podcast. So we talked Rex Factor, we talked history, we did a history quiz. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> see who won that. <laughs> and uh, sang a fun song about Anne Boleyn. I really I listened to it the other day, actually, at work, and um, I was humming it the rest of the day. Yeah, it's really good. really good. When was that? It was months ago, wasn't it? It was like it was the warm, summer though. or something. It was 2017, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't place it in my mind the other day. Anyway, that's on the Podbean website, WordPress and mm. Facebook, Twitter, etc. If you want to have a listen to that, and also check out The Young Ones. They're really, yeah, really good yeah. and really fun. So, some messages. Yeah. First of all, thank you for everybody who got in touch to wish me well because Baby uh, yeah. has arrived. Yes, it has. And I can reveal that Baby does now actually have a name. I haven't seen you since you sent me that text. No. Ah, yes. congratulations. So, so uh, reveal. Baby is called Alexander Thomas Duke. Now, is that going to skew, <laughs> skew any of these potential Alexander the second and Alexander the third. Mm-hmm. Arguably not the most famous Alexanders in history. The great... Probably. Mm. <laughs> More famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nice name it goes well with. It's a strong name. And it goes well with Duke, which, yeah. as we discussed, is difficult for mm. us single-syllable surnamers. Mm. Uh, so, actually, 
You could call him Al. Could call him Al. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so thank you everybody for uh, lovely messages uh, about the baby. He's doing well. It was on his one month birthday oh, that he sweet. got named. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm ashamed to say that I still haven't met young Alexander. <laughs> no, yet. it's really strange. It's really weird. My, the, everyone else associated with me, like, <laughs> what? I'm like some sort of corporation, <laughs> but has. But um, uh, even my little baby boy has, but I haven't yeah. been lax. But I will. Graham. It's because we've changed. That's marked the point at which I've started coming to you to record. Yeah. Rather than. Actually, which is how it all first started, isn't it? Mm. Very mm. first ones, then yeah. to you. Yeah. Then to you at your other place. Yeah. <laughs> then to the shed. Now we're in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Fascinating. We've got some messages. Yeah. Uh, a new privy councillor, Laura Duggan. Hmm. She says, hi, Ali and Graham. Really excited to be a privy councillor. I'm enjoying the extra privy chamber episode, especially the pizza break. Which is that? There was one where we were hungry, so we decided to go and have some pizza. I remember uh, the pizza. Some pizza, yeah. Yeah. And then we had something on it, which was slightly... Sausages. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my word. And, and your partner was saying, oh, you're both pathetic. It'll be fine. And as we've learned, it's never fine. It's never fine. It really was. It was incredibly hot. Here is my question. We have used Rex Factor as inspiration for days out and weekends away, including Colchester Castle. Oh, great. Greenwich and even Chateau Guyard. Ah, well done. Catherine. Got, is it Catherine Duggan, wasn't it? Uh, Laura. Laura Duggan. Laura's on Facebook. I think it might be Laura Catherine Oh, Duggan. okay. Yeah, right, fine. Uh, so my question is, what are your favourite Rexy days out, especially those associated with a particular king or queen? By the way, we're planning on North Wales when our mini Rex fan, Edward, is old enough to enjoy oh, the castles what a too. Brilliant. Well done, Laura. Uh, well, I mean, clearly you've, you've got Wales covered for mm. me. That's, uh, that's a biggie. But I would say Warwick Castle. Warwick Castle? Yeah. Not Kenilworth. Did I say Warwick? Yeah. No. I meant <laughs> Kenilworth Castle. <laughs> Middle of the country, easy to get to. Yeah. Kenilworth, this is. Yeah. Near Warwick. <laughs> it's also Warwick. <laughs> um, so you could do two in one day. But Kenilworth is the subject here. Uh, we've got a bit of Edward I there. He escapes. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's just stunning. I mean, you'll like it because of the Elizabethan Tudor stuff. And the new gardens they've got. Elizabethan-style yeah. gardens. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's one of those ones where if you could see it back in the day, it would have been amazing. Cover... Mm. Uh, Man-made inland sea, covered by uh, access by a walkway and then a causeway. Sorry, and this causeway is accessed by a little mini castle that guards the gate, like beyond a barbican, like big castle. Oh, which is now the <laughs> car park. Uh, <laughs> lovely, absolutely lovely. If it's hot, you can spend all day have a picnic. Mm. There you go. Lovely. That's a day out right there. Uh, as an alternative one, if you love your Tudory stuff, mm. uh, you've got to go to Hampton Court. Yes, actually, and Georgian stuff is pretty good. Well, yeah, around the, the other way, but yeah, yeah William and Mary stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's one that is really nice. You do get a feel of it. The it's because obviously they filmed a lot there for mm. dramas and documentaries mm. and stuff like that. But it does I, evoke very nicely. I yeah, think. definitely. You could imagine uh, when going there, you can easily imagine Henry VIII walking along and the camera sort of fo following him face on, walking backwards, West Wing yeah. style, <laughs> with sort of Thomas Cromwell <laughs> trying to get him to sign things on the way and him sort of discarding chicken bones out, out the windows <laughs> and things. But it is, yeah, that's, that's a really punchy day out, that one. And there's a maze. Who doesn't love there a maze? There is a maze, yeah. It's an amazing maze. Mm -hmm. Maze. Hey. Uh, one more. Oh. Day out. Yeah. Don't want to neglect my love of uh, Second World War stuff. Mm. Duxford. 
If you haven't been, and you have a, even the slightest inkling of interest in aeroplanes, which <laughs> I, I certainly do, uh, it's ju- it's mega. It's up there on in in. I mean, obviously the art castles are some of the best in the world, but this museum, mm. amazing. And I suppose actually, if you want to combine, get your all history in one Dover Castle. Dover Castle. You've got Henry the Second, who of course built it up really big yeah. when uh, Canterbury became pilgrimage yeah. route for Thomas Becket. Mm-hmm. Great big keep, big walls around. It's one of the ones you really do get a sense of what yeah. castles might have looked like back in the day. Yeah. In the whole environment. You've got uh, Napoleonic stuff, Napoleonic forts there. Napoleonic stuff, and then of course you've actually got Second World War tunnels where mm. they were uh, conducting the uh, operations for D-Day uh, and everything. D-Day, and right? Dunkirk as well, possibly. Were they? Yeah, I think so. That I think so. Down there. But th- and these tunnels, there's this enormous lookout. They, they've bored a hole into the White Cliffs of Dover, so you can s- they can see the whole channel mm. and direct things from there. And so it's like it was still in commission in the Second World War. But then, incredibly, you know, they blocked up that uh, window with reinforced thick concrete that they've since taken away. So you can see this going <laughs> for as for it to work as a nuclear bunker. Mm. It was active in the se- in the Cold War. That's that's your day out. Oh dear, just Ooh. dropped my phone. <laughs> Sorry, team. Oh. Quite excited. Cody Carter, I've been wondering if you've ever put together a list of all the Rex facts you have come across or if you've compiled a list of the best or favourite quotes you have read. Oh, we haven't. It's a very good idea. We should definitely have like yeah. a full list of all the Rex facts we could put on a... We should have like a, a shared document with all Rex fans so they can write <laughs> yeah. down when they spot a Rex fact. Yeah, if somebody could just listen back to all the old ones <laughs> yeah, every that'd time. Yeah, great. Thank you. Uh, another suggestion comes from Warwick J. Smith who says, Guys, one word, board game. Oh, I'm so glad he said game. And I expect royalties uh, very good. for this idea. All puns aside, do it. Uh, I mean, I, I need a bit more. Is it Ludo well, or uh, Well, I or think Monopoly? we need... To, uh, the idea is that we make a Rex Factor board game, a board game based mm. on Rex Factor. Okay. Top trumps? Well, I guess you could... If you had a board, you could sort of go around and you'd have to somehow get, like, a battliness yeah. award or your scandal award. Yeah. Well, if anyone's got any board game skills, yeah, we should uh, we should have a chat. Make one. Uh, now, this is absolutely brilliant. I've not told you about this. Mm. Um, Scott Tom- Thomas, who's uh, at Alphen Vi- Alban Viking on Twitter, said, I was flicking through my rather expensive, £65, third edition of the Scottish Clan Encyclopedia. Ooh. And I just happened to check the appendices listing Scottish monarchs when I saw... And then I'll get, I will show you this a bit later, but basically he took a photo and it's got the list of Scottish monarchs with their uh, actual names and then their nicknames to the right. Yeah. And next to Ieth, it says, remember Ieth. No. Now, we asked about this and he had a little look and his edition was published in 2017, which is after we did our episode on Ieth, well after we did the episode on Ieth. But that comes up, that would come up on a lot of Google searches if you did hashtag remember Ieth. And then, um, for Ieth's reign elsewhere in the book, it repeats the chronicle account of his reign about bequeathing nothing yeah. memorable to history. And then it says, this has given rise to the quip, remember Ieth, when referring to something or someone remembered for very little reason. That, that can only be the Rex Factor listener. And that's us. Surely. That surely is. I mean, the fact that... Can't he, be a coincidence. <laughs> he doesn't... He doesn't... I'm sure that we... I think we're probably about maybe third... Possibly the fifth people to mention his name since he died. <laughs> <laughs> and I reckon none of those people have, have ever said, oh, 
Remember IF? Yeah. When that's a, we need to get in touch with these people. Yeah, so whoever it is, if you are, I assume you must be a Rex Factor listener, that's not a coincidence, but we would love to hear from you, um, whoever was involved in the third edition of the Scottish Clan Encyclopedia published 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've imagined that has got massive print runs, but still, I am... I'm very pleased with that, if that's true. But what a legacy for hashtag Remember Ieth. He is now yeah. in print yeah. as Remember Ieth. And we, we have now, and it's in print, uh, we, have, we have established a quip. We have. <laughs> that's been my day. Yeah. Um, now, a couple of people think we might have made a couple of wrong decisions in relation to uh, oh, certain Saxon monarch beginning with E. Mm-hmm. Ed Robinson. Ed. Ed Rob. <laughs> a little late to the party, but loving your show. Thanks, Ed. Ed Mundine was robbed. Disgraceful. Okay, now I, I thought we did give it to him, but... We didn't. We wanted to, because he went around and fought off the Vikings, fought off Canute, and looked all heroic and brilliant, yeah. uh, but then got wounded, uh, split the throne with Canute, and got a spike up its bottom on the toilet. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> And Timothy Betts said, really, you didn't give Harold Godwinson a battliness of a full 20? Really? I'm an historian of William the Great. The man marched 200 miles north and destroyed the world superpower Hardrada, then marches back to face William at Hastings. Okay, he fails, so knock him a point. Name one other feat in world history that equals that. It, I tell you what, someone else on Facebook has been in touch. Who, who was this? Timothy okay. Betts. Well, it's Henry Durant's been in touch on Facebook to say... Pretty much. Oh no, he was talking about Henry the Seventh. Someone else, anyway, has mentioned about um, has mentioned about uh, um, old um, Harold, and it's a blooming good point because that one battle, even if he didn't have to face William, yeah, he'd have won the Rex Factor just seeing off Hardrada. Yeah, he nearly did do William. Yeah, but it's a big nearly, isn't it? Unfortunately, mm, yeah. that's why we. That's, that's why, why he's remembered, didn't. isn't he? As mm. a nearly. Yeah, that's awful. Well, Sad. there we are. Uh, a couple of people give some feedback on James the Sixth. Stuart Crawley says, I was moved to write as I feel you missed something quite important about James the Sixth. He approved the creation of Jamestown, which became the first permanent settlement in North America and, as such, was essentially the moment that the British Empire began. You can debate whether that is a good or bad thing, but it's a pretty significant one. That's definitely true. And it's one of those where I put that in the English series, mm. about an English episode about James, not the Scottish one, because I thought, well, it feels a bit more Englishy. But I suppose that might have been another... Attempt mm. at giving him some credit for battliness. Mm. Yeah, even though he didn't actually have to fight a battle to just land some people. And <laughs> yeah, that's true. And a lot of the empire was forged by Scots after the um, thingy. What's it called? The Act of Union. The, what was the campaign that they tried out in Central America? Oh yeah, the I was going to say the Galapagos. It's not the Galapagos. <laughs> it's a pro- oh, yeah. Darien scheme. There you go. Nothing like the Galapagos. Uh, he also says, great work with the podcast, despite the shameful treatment of Vic of the Peaceful. <laughs> oh, forget it. <laughs> Caroline Foti says, uh, she disagrees with uh, giving James VI the Rex Factor. You could make the argument that the best thing he did for Scotland was leave. <laughs> his great achievement, grabbing the English crown and uniting the realms, was accomplished by throwing his mother under the bus, or the axe, if you will. He didn't create the King James Bible, he just made them name it after him. I just don't think he was very Rexy. I mean, probably the best thing he did for Scotland was leave, but he did, (laughs) and it's a great thing for Scotland. Uh, I like Caroline. Caroline's very active on Facebook. It's Mm. uh, hello. Um, (laughs) But uh, by leaving, it sort of removed the temptation for them to just keep killing each other and perhaps... 
It's one of those with James where your assessment of him is either that he was so good at ruling Scotland that he was able to do it from afar, mm. or he was so bad at ruling Scotland that he was only able to do it when he wasn't actually in the country anymore. Either way, same result. And <laughs> I, yeah, I know, I really liked him. So that is it for uh, our episode on the Rex Factor Playoff Draw. Next time it will be Group A mm. when uh, we start off. See if Malcolm III, as a top seed, can see off uh, James II, Constantine II, and uh, whoever the other one was, Alexander III. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the playoffs are underway. I'm excited. I'm super excited about some of these draws. I, I love the way. I mean, it genuinely was completely random, yeah. but <laughs> they, they make for some really interesting. Who uh, will make some really interesting episodes? And it, it, I found this last time that when you put them up against each other, mm. you start to see their relative merits and actually think, oh, maybe, uh, maybe it doesn't really deserve to be there <laughs> over this other fella. But yeah. other, well, or other ones that you th- actually think, actually, when you pair everything down to the essentials, he did quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. So, see you next time for Group A in the Rex Factor playoffs. Cheerio.